Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. I want to welcome you to Create and Hustle, a show where I like to interview creatives and ask them how they took an idea to a business. So whether you're listening to this in the gym, on your ride to work, sitting at home drinking tea, I don't know what you're doing, but I hope you sit down and relax because every Friday at 6 a.m. you're going to be right here with me learning something new, learning a new tactic, learning something that you can take in your own life. And apply it. And today we are talking about the future. Okay, maybe not the exact future, but it's, you know, if some of you are of a particular age, you can remember when the internet was new, when it was like, when you couldn't really do anything on it. And now here we are almost in 2022. And now the internet has evolved to where now we can't even put down our phones, y'all. I mean, we can't even put down our phones. And so today we are talking about something that is in the early stages that maybe you can learn something today and get into for the future. So I need you to sit back and relax while we slide on over to the creative corner and have a little conversation. Here it is. In the creative corner today, we have Craig Blackmore, who I like to call a specialist in the NFT scene. So, Craig, can you please give us a little insight as to what an NFT is? Uh, an NFT is a uh, non-fungible token. So what that means is uh, unlike, uh, say, a U.S. dollar or a banknote, which could be traded for uh, more money or goods. So mm -hmm. if you have a dollar bill, it's fungible. You can give someone a dollar bill in exchange for a good, like you can buy things with it. Just okay. like uh, if you have uh, Ethereum token, that's a fungible token. A non-fungible token is a type of crypto token that can't be traded for goods as currency. Instead, it is an asset itself that you trade currency for. So it's it's a crypto token like a like Ethereum or it is an Ethereum token if you're minting onto Ethereum, except it's one that isn't currency. It's one that you purchase with currency, kind of like a collectible coin versus collectible. Uh, yeah, versus a reserve banknote. So, Craig, can you just give us a little insight as to how you got into NFTs? Well, I remember in 2017, uh, I was pretty involved in crypto back then. Um, not like not like a lot of people. A lot of people have stuck with the since then, but the original bull run when mm -hmm. um, when Bitcoin had reached like 17,000 and it was huge. I was in then and I remember, uh, you know, I like to research things before I invest in it. So I knew about Bitcoin, but Ethereum was something I didn't quite understand. And um, I was researching it to see what was being done with this technology. And I saw that um, there were artists who had created a type of a sticker that um, highlighted authenticity. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like if you buy a, a fitted cap and, you know, it's authentic because it has the hologram on it. Right. it. It was the same kind of sticker, except um, you register it on the blockchain, it assigns it a hash code, and then you stick the sticker on the back of your art. So if someone purchases the art, they know it's authentic because it has a scannable sticker that shows it on the blockchain. So um, a few years later, uh, beginning of 2020, right when things started to get weird and they started to shut things down, I'm like, all right, so I need some type of a uh, fallback or a new thing to get into. Not really mm -hmm. fallback, but something brand new to get into from home to learn about a new skill. A new so, skill. And I remember seeing um, 
those stickers. I remember seeing all of that. So I was like, oh, maybe I can incorporate some new technology into my art. So I went back into blockchain and, um, and started exploring just art and blockchain and it ended up on OpenSea. And this was before the rush, before there were tons of people on there. Ethereum mm-hmm. was only about $115 wow. at the time. Yeah, so it wasn't a lot of action going on there as far as I could see. But yeah, I just started minting NFTs to see what happens. And a few people reached out to me and was like, do you know what you just stepped into, man? Like, do you know what's going on here? And and they put me on game and, and told me about it. And uh, I didn't really understand much of it at the time. But after experimenting and trying it out, I was like, okay, this is uh, this is something pretty cool here. It's kind of weird. It was kind of weird. I always understood it because as a digital artist, it makes sense mm-hmm. for someone who's you know, play video games, you buy things on video games, but you can't usually resell them for a profit. So when I see something like an NFT, the first thing in my mind was, oh, okay, so it's like buying in-game content that you can actually sell for a profit and not just a virtual profit, but a profit that could be turned into your fiat cash. So I always saw it as that. But, so um, you said you're a, a digital artist. Like, what was the first piece that you kind of introduced as an NFT? And, you know, how has that grown since? It was a random, like, 3D anime or 3D modeled character. It wasn't even an animation. Uh, usually I do animations and, you know, virtual experiences, a lot of different things like that. So the first thing I did was just the 3D character. I had rendered something random. I didn't make it specifically to mint as an NFT. It was just something I already had made. And um, and it sold pretty quickly. And that was kind of surprising. And the person who bought it was like, yeah, man, faces. Upload faces. For some reason, I didn't get it. He's like, faces really sell. Profile pictures sell. Something that people can use as a profile picture. Really? And at the time, yeah, I didn't understand that. That was before the whole profile picture craze that's going on right now. This was, you know, I think the the most famous project that was out at the time was um, CryptoPunks. It still is one of the most mm-hmm. famous projects. But those things were so... That's those little, like, cartoon... like Yeah, like the Pixel. Pixel, okay, yeah, 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 I've seen those. Yeah, okay. that, that was really popular at the time. And then there was a Crypto Kitties was out. And that's something kind of like uh, like Giga Pets or Tamagotchi where you're like raising. I remember those. <laughs> yeah. So something like that was out at the time. And those made sense because I was like, oh, OK, it's like Pokemon, you know, except mm-hmm. you, you know, have the asset class added to your Pokemon versus it's just a game, you know. So. I still didn't quite understand um, what I had stepped into. I understood the technology better. I understood like a long-term vision. I'm a long-term thinker. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, down the road, we could do stuff like this, this, and this, and this. But um, the route that NFTs went in was kind of surprising, but um, it wasn't uh, unexpected because, you know, it got popular. So shortly after, uh, you know, 2000. 20, 2020 got rolling. Uh, Beeple came in, which is the artist who sold like for 50 plus million dollars. He sold. He used to make art every day. I think he still does do everyday artworks. And these are like 
pretty technically like big artworks, like 3D rendering with a lot of texture, just something I don't see how he can do one every day, but he does it every day and he's done over like 5,000 of them. So he entered the NFT scene and became one of the largest um, selling artists like pretty quickly. And after that happened, the floodgates were open and everybody started coming in and minting everything and, oh, wow. you know, good things started happening weird things started happening creative stuff happened and then came like you know get rich quick schemes a little bit of everything's in there now so um yeah it a lot has happened over just these last like two years two years 20, so yeah. you said like when the pandemic started you started to do your research if someone was to be interested in looking more into nfts what sites, books, you know, would you recommend as far as like trying to just get like an early start on how to get started? Um, Google is usually a really good source. <laughs> like that's that's what I say I, that same thing to people when they ask me things like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff there because since this is still so new and it's an open source project, there's a lot of different sources of information constantly popping up. Like uh Somehow my blog became one of the first results on Google because oh, wow, I get, thank you. Yeah, I got into it and I was like, this is cool. I get it, but other people won't. So I started like I, I do articles about things in very like common terms. So I'll write about NFTs just straight up. Like in my article, I tell people, yes, you can get scammed, but this is how you, you know, like just straight up. A lot of mm -hmm. people try to erase all the negatives and I'll, I'll just lay it on the table. Like, yeah, it can get weird. And apparently people like that. So my blog uh, is a good spot. If you just want to know, like straight up what you're getting into. Um, there's a lot of things like nonfungible.com. If you want to take a look at the market as a whole, uh, this website shows like some of the highest seven day sales. You can get an idea of what's selling in the in the marketplace. Uh, it tells you some of the highest grossing products or projects of the time. And um, and yeah, it, it gives you a good overview and analysis of the NFT market as a whole. If you're interested in learning more about the technical side of things, Every exchange kind of has its own, not every, but most of the major exchanges have their own um, like educational, educational. section. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of tells you about that. Um, yeah, what apps like when I, would you recommend for like, okay, so you, um, if I was to say, hey, I want to get started today, what app would you know, I'll look into, or what would I search in app stores to get started? What are the big ones? Uh, app stores. See, this is a new thing too. There's a lot of these platforms aren't on in app form yet. I think Rarible wow. has an app. I think OpenSea just created an app, but it's a read only app. So it's like, you can go and browse it, but you can't mm -hmm. really do anything through it. A uh, MetaMask would be an important app to download. Okay. I've heard of that. Uh, yeah. MetaMask is your wallet your crypto wallet and it's a special kind of wallet because it's a uh, internet keychain wallet so on your computer or laptop metamask would be in your browser's uh, toolbar like in your shortcuts just mm -hmm. like plug in um on your phone it's just a regular app that 
reads like a regular crypto wallet, except it has a browser built into it that you can use to access OpenSea, Rarible, or um, any of the different um, platforms on Ethereum, uh, Binance, Polygon. And these are all different blockchains. Different blockchains have perks. Like Ethereum's going to be very expensive to get involved with. It, now. They have, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and that's because of gas fees. But things like Polygon, um, they don't have gas fees like that. Or Binance doesn't have gas fees like that. So you can access all of that from MetaMask. So MetaMask would be an important app to get. But um, other than that, the websites itself, I, I recommend Tezos as a good place to start Tezos, okay. with NFTs because it, you don't have to pay a lot in gas fees. There's no expensive barrier of entry. You can get right in. You can start seeing some, like a lot of unique art is uploaded to Tezos and a lot of cool artists and communities are built there. So it's a great place to get in, get started and um, understand things in in a level-headed view. Like a lot of people don't understand why in Ethereum, the floor price for a lot of artwork uh, equals a few hundred dollars. Like Mm -hmm. you go to Ethereum and you drop your first art, you're not gonna price it at $50 cause you're gonna pay a hundred dollars in gas fees. So you're right. So everything's gonna cost at least a couple hundred dollars in the beginning and then they creep up there. And a lot of people don't wanna take that risk of minting something for a couple hundred dollars and it doesn't sell. So Tezos, you'll spend like 25 cents and um, you can mint pretty much anything you want. 3D objects, to uh, 2D JPEGs, GIF animations, MP4s, MP3s, PDFs. A lot of people are minting books now. And um, yeah, I heard that a lot of people, like some people in the podcasting world, are now putting their podcast on as an NFT. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't even understand like how that would even work. <laughs> like I don't. I'm still trying to get into it. But a lot of the stuff that you said is helpful. What do you see like the future of NFTs being? Do you see this being like Instagram the way it was in 2013 and how it grew into what it is now? Do you see that kind of, or do you see it just kind of being like an underground thing? Well, in the near future, I see it leveling out a little bit. Like right now, the it, it reached a really high point in hype earlier this year and Mm -hmm. um and it's starting to thin out a little bit like a lot of the ridiculous jpeg selling for millions it's still happening but it's not going to happen as often Uh, we're going to see things priced as more realistic price points okay um i think nfts are going to shine in the gaming industry for the most part uh that's that's a, a use case that makes sense to most people right out of the box. Oh, you play a game and you can actually earn money. So I think that's going to be the the real global breakout for NFTs is the gaming sector. Um, after a while, it should also help monetize uh, goods for crypto. Like that was one another thing that got that really inspired me about NFTs is that I have a way to monetize things for crypto. So everyone's sitting on this crypto from the bull run and they have nothing to spend it on. So they're Mm -hmm. buying NFTs. Eventually brands are going to get hip to NFTs and regulations going to come. So brands are comfortable using it and you'll start seeing like tangible NFTs where someone can say, 
oh, hey, yeah, you want to buy this, you know, pair of sunglasses, it's minted as an NFT, buy the NFT and we'll ship you the sunglasses. So, okay, yeah, I see that coming soon. But I, I don't see the, the JPEG thing lasting too much longer. Like people just minting. That was early stuff. stages. That's yeah, that's still the experimental, the excitement, mm-hmm. the, you know, wow, look at this. But soon you're going to start seeing things make more sense with it, you know, because like NFTs are all open. They're all on an open source server. So if you upload a 4K video as an NFT, even if I don't buy it, I have the ability to download. I just don't have the ability to own it. So it's like, yeah, that's okay. You know, it's not a big deal really, but um, you know, eventually you're not going to want someone else to be able to access your product before purchasing it. So we have people working on codes that are making it hard to right click and save, or that are adding elements and artifacts to the, Mm -hmm. to the, you know, public version of it that are removed after it downloads automatically. So, um, yeah, I think soon we're going to start seeing like a real like economy kind of forming in this where it's like, oh, okay, they're selling something and they're buying it and no one else can get it, you know? So right now it's still very naked, very new, but I think soon it's just going to mold into a, a marketplace for crypto holders. Okay. And I have like two more questions for you. What is, you know, for someone just getting started, what would you say the average cost is like an artist, let's say like a digital artist or something like that? Like what would be the ground level of funds that they would need in order to really get started and be active in the NFT scene? It depends on the blockchain you want to get with. So if you want to do Ethereum, I recommend that you, I recommend you have at least one Ethereum in your account to work with. And even though you don't need one Ethereum to mint your first artwork, you technically can use like OpenSea and Rarible have free minting options now. So Mm -hmm. you don't really need anything to get started. You can just get a MetaMask and start uploading for free. But um, if you want to really be able to like test out Ethereum, enjoy it, try different platforms, then you want to have at least an Ethereum, well, an Ethereum or at least half of an Ethereum, which is about $2,000 right now. Um, And it's an overkill because your gas fees might only be like $150, Mm $200. But those transactions can fail and... This, you know, it happens. You pay a gas fee, transaction fails, and that's money evaporated. So mm-hmm. you you want to have enough money on hand that you can go ahead and upload. I'll give you an example. So OpenSea has the free minting. So you can just uh, grab your images or your artwork, <laughs> upload it, and mint it to OpenSea for free, mm-hmm. no problem. But a website like Foundation, that's very popular, and that's on Ethereum, Minting and starting your auction there can cost up to around $200, $250 in multiple gas fees, like in increments. So you'll mint your art, it could cost $75, and then to start your auction, it could cost another $75. And then after your auction's over, in order to settle it, it could cost another $75 or $80. It depends on the time of day. So you want to be able to have that especially if you want to try out foundations or uh, all the different platforms to see which market works for Mm -hmm. you. Now, if you start with Tezos 
or um, Hive, which is another blockchain, or Solana, or any of the other blockchains, you don't really need that much. hundred bucks can okay. get you in comfortably. So $100 in Tezos can last you a while, like a long time. You're not going to spend that much minting artwork. $5 really would last you a while in Tezos if you're just trying to mint. And collecting, too. A lot of people don't sell art that expensively there. So you can collect $20, $30, $40 artworks on Tezos, no problem, because no one's got to pay $100, $150 to mint it or to buy it. So things make a little more sense there with that. And same with Polygon. Now, if you're into Ethereum, but you don't want to deal with gas fees, then you can use a layer two, which is something built on top of Ethereum that allows you to do the work and only pay the gas fee once to bridge over to it and once when you bridge back. So Polygon allows you to um, use Ethereum and use Ethereum tokens in a way that you don't have to pay gas fees. And that currently exists on OpenSea as well. Um, Not on Rarible yet, it might be coming soon, but Polygon's a good blockchain too. Rarible's cool. Uh, I actually like Rarible more so than OpenSea. It's it's a collectible hotspot. So you're gonna see a ton of the profile pictures there or or like sports cards, Pokemon derivatives, things like that on Rarible. But uh OpenSea, you'll see everything, all kinds of stuff. Okay. So let the people know like about your blog, where they can find you on socials, and you know, how they can reach out to you if they wanted to. Are you teaching a class or are you doing anything like that? I do, like, if you want to have a call or anything like that, we could set up calls. I do, like, consultations. I also, if you, if there's groups who want to learn, I am available to teach classes and do, like, online um, and in person. If I'm in Michigan, so if you're in Michigan, I could do in-person demonstrations, but I could do online presentations, demonstrations, all kinds of things like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm all about teaching people about this because there's a lot of cool stuff going on that gets overshadowed by the hypes and the things that don't make sense. So yeah, I'm always willing to teach folks. And my website, you can find me at uh, cblackmore.com. That's letter C and then blackmore with two O's.com. I have my artwork there and my blogs there. Um, I'm also on YouTube. Um, My channel's called Blackmore. I talk about the metaverse and uh, and I upload you know different art videos and things like that. I'll, I'll upload it, videos talking about what NFTs are. I actually have a couple of videos already up talking about what NFTs are and just browsing different NFT marketplaces casually and talking about what we're seeing. Um, Twitter at Sir Blackmore. That's S I R Blackmore. And everything, actually, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all slasher at Sir Blackmore. Sir Blackmore. And, yep, and I'm quite active across social media, so. Yeah. Okay, that is amazing. I want to thank you for coming on Creating Hustle because, you know, you're definitely creating a lane and hustling it the way you know how. Um, I will definitely be in touch with you from time to time to learn more because I, I definitely will have questions, and I'm sure that anybody listening out here will Uh, have questions. So be sure to reach out to Craig to get more information on NFTs. I just want to thank you for being on Creating Hustle and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, man. You have a great one. You too. Bye.
I just want to thank my guest today, Craig Blackmore, for informing us on all things NFT. I mean, I didn't know a lot of things before, but I feel like I'm a little bit more knowledgeable so I can step into the world, step into the future, I should say, of NFT. So let me know what you thought about that content. Follow me on Instagram, mushking underscore underscore. That's M-U-S-H-K-I-N-G underscore underscore on, you know, the various platforms is where you can find me. And join me here each and every week on Creating Hustle, where I like to talk to creators and ask them, how did you take your idea to a business? I'll see you next time.